الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما ابرئ نفسي ان النفس لاماره بالسوء الا ما رحم ربي ان ربي غفور رحيم صدق الله العظيم most respected ulama-e kiram brothers and elders this is an ayat of the quran sharif from surah yusuf surah yusuf is a very well known surah those who are not hafiz of the quran sharif also are often very familiar with surah yusuf so among the many incidents that are mentioned in surah yusuf one is the incident where sayyidina yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam was unjustly imprisoned and a long time came out in that prison and eventually allah taala made the means for his release where the king saw a dream and the king then wanted the interpretation of the dream the lengthy incident with many details in it so one of the prisoners who had been freed previously and who had already had this occasion of having asked yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam the interpretation of a dream while he was in prison with him he recalled this and he said that i know the person who will be able to interpret this so send me to him i will i will get the interpretation so he goes and he explains the whole dream of the king yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam gives the interpretation and the interpretation was highlighting a very major issue that is going to come up severe drought and then what will be the circumstances and together with that what is the solution to all this how must this be managed and a short discussion he gave the whole synopsis of everything where is this all stemming from or what's going to come up and how must this be managed in the correct manner the king heard about this interpretation he was astounded so he said bring him to me bring him immediately aqala al malik utuni bi so yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam the messenger of the king came and said you are being asked to come to the king in other words this is your release that this is now your moment of coming out of this prison So at that time Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam still remained steadfast and said wait I'm not coming out now. Can you imagine the conditions of a prison and a person who has spent so many years unjustly imprisoned on the basis of a slander on the basis of a false accusation he is thrown into prison at such a lengthy period of time has passed 7 years or 9 years and now this opportunity has come to be released and he's been called by none other than the king of the time yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam's response is that no i am not coming out right now there was an accusation of some sort against me so first have that entire episode investigated and bring the truth out 
He said, I am not coming out now. Irjit ila rabbika fas'alhuma baalun niswatil lati qatta'ana aidiyahun. Inna rabbi bikaidihinna alim. At first go and tell the king to find out those women who cut their hands. What's the story behind it? What's the reality? So again many details in this. But then all that is also now clarified. That Yusuf is totally blameless. He is totally free of any fault. And he committed no wrong. Now when everything is clarified, everything is clear. Now he accepts to come out of prison. Now that he came out of prison, and Allah Ta'ala made this the means of his coming out. Now at that time when that opportunity came for the first time, when he was told you may leave, the king is calling you. He stopped and said, wait, hold on. I first want this blot on my name to be cleared. So in any case that got cleared. But that, though that was not the intention, that was never the purpose of it, but it could have appeared to somebody that this was a kind of claim to some kind of purity and sanctity. That I am blameless and therefore find out who is really at fault here. The Anbiya are indeed blameless. They are masoom, sinless. But now that that has been cleared, Yusuf now that faint possibility that this might appear to be a claim to some kind of purity for oneself. I am very clean and pure. Yusuf now that he's out, he comes out making another statement. وَمَا أُبَرِّئُ نَفْسِي إِنَّ النَّفْسَ لَأَمَّارَةٌ بِالسُّوءِ إِلَّا مَا رَحِمَ رَبِّي That I don't declare myself as blameless. مَا أُبَرِّئُ نَفْسِي Because this very nafs, its nature is that it excessively incites towards evil. This is this nafs. This is its nature. But now can we imagine a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, his ma'asoom, his sinless, there was the statement that he was constrained to make that please go in first investigate this matter and clear everything up but that appeared to give some kind of claim to purity he now comes out saying I don't claim any purity for myself because this nafs its very nature is that it incites excessively excessively invites incites towards evil Except illa ma rahima rabbi. The person who Allah Ta'ala has showered his special grace upon him, Allah Ta'ala's special mercy has come upon him, he has now moved on from nafse ammara, he's gone all the way up to nafse mutma'inna. That person will be safe. Otherwise nobody else. Illa ma rahima rabbi. In any case, this is the background to this ayat of the Quran Sharif. But in this is a very, very important aspect that is being brought to our attention that this nafs that insan within this insan is this nafs and this nafs this is the challenge of life on the one side is the ruh the soul of insan and on the other side is, is this nafs which incites towards this evil and there is this ongoing battle between this ruh and nafs 
And Allah Ta'ala says, this is the very nature of this nafs. That essentially its nature is that this, one is somebody who will say something one time, and now he's asking for something or pushing somebody in a direction, do this, he'll say it one time, and then afterwards he'll say it a second time maybe, and then the third time and might forget about it. And then you get somebody who just doesn't let go. He persists and he keeps pestering. And he continues pestering non-stop. This nafs is beyond that pestering also. This nafs just never lets up. This is its initial level. This is its nature. In its essence, this is what it is all about. It just keeps inciting towards this evil. Now where does this nafs take this? It's fuel from or what feeds it so this insan it's nafs and this very heart the mashayikh describe it now in the olden days there was this grinding mill flour etc it was all by having put that wheat into that grinding mill that barley would be put into that grinding mill and then it would grind now that those parts in it would keep turning anything comes in it very powerful parts, made of very strong steel. Anything comes, it will crush it. And whatever is meant to come out, then if you put wheat in it, flour will come out. And if somebody went and threw some dirt in it, sand in it, then that's going to get crushed. Some stones in it, that's going to get crushed. He went and threw some filth in it, that filth is going to get crushed and come out the other side. So this heart, this mind of insan, this nafs itself, is like this grinding mill. It will never stop. But now it depends on what this insan feeds it. And what feeds into it is the thoughts. Or the kind of thoughts that are fed into this grinding mill, that's what is going to produce. And that then becomes the food of this person's heart. Now the thoughts, the thoughts feed this. The kind of thoughts that is put in there that gets ground into that grinding mill, and that then produces something which the heart then feeds off. The Mashaikh said this thought, this is the starting point of everything. If a person, some thought has come and if it's a negative thought, and he did not repel that negative thought immediately by turning the mind away in a different direction, engaging the mind in a positive manner, that thought will become a desire. First a thought, passing thought. But he did not correctly engage his mind in that moment. Let it pass and let it carry on. So from a thought, that thought became a desire. Now it's already gone on another, another level. And at that level now, if he does not oppose it, does not suppress it, does not try to extinguish it, by pouring the water of vicar over it, for example, by pouring the water of muraqab, of moth, of meditating, what if my death comes now? I'm desiring to do this, what if my death comes? Engaging the mind in some positive way, he, if he, just let's it carry on now. That desire will become a determination. That desire will now become a firm, deeply rooted intention, a determination, that now come what may, I must do this. Now he's already plotting and planning. How to get it done, where to go, what to do, and how to cover his tracks. Because shaitan will teach him all this also. 
that look if you go about it this way nobody will be the wiser so now it started off from a thought that thought was not then addressed it was not channeled away from that direction that thought became a desire that desire now became a determination and now from that determination that determination intention determination that demands action now that became he didn't then suppress it at that level it became action now this happened one time round but then the same thing repeated itself second time round when that action keeps repeating itself that same action happens repeatedly that becomes habit and then each time that this action gets done each time that the same thing he falls into the roots start getting deeper it's already habit it's already that thorny tree that had already grown there but now he doesn't make any effort to uproot the tree now it starts sinking its roots deeper and deeper because every time this action happens again it's watering that tree that thorny tree now to start uprooting it becomes an extremely difficult task very difficult and now it requires an extreme level of effort to uproot it but in the interim as all this was happening and as this nafs was getting fed the ruh was getting weaker because now the nafs is becoming like a lion because it's getting fed in one hadith sharif rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked the sahaba ikram what do you think think about such a companion a companion somebody that now companion think about him in a certain light a companion what do you think about such a companion that if you feed him you clothe him and you pay attention to him then he'll put you into all kinds of trouble and he will make life a misery for you and if you starve him you don't give him any clothes to wear you keep him without any clothes you treat him poorly then he will be good to you then he will serve you the sahaba said this is the strangest companion where will you get a worse companion than this that if you are good to him in other words you feeding him you clothing him you treating him well then he makes trouble for you and he puts you in all kinds of trouble and if you starve him and treat him poorly then he is ready to serve you rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam replied and said that is actually your nafs that is your nafs that's the companion that if you feed this nafs and the food of the nafs is those haram desires that it is inciting towards so now the person gives in to that temptation that giving in to that temptation is feeding the nafs and each time he feeds it by giving in to that temptation the nafs is getting stronger and every time that he is feeding the nafs this results in starving the ruh So now the one side the nafs is getting stronger and the ruh is getting weaker. So now that that temptation comes so it comes with such force because that nafs has become like a lion. And now the ruh needs to now repel that but now it's so weak like a mouse now is going to now be able to chase his lion away. So now this becomes the case of this nafs ammara. So Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is giving us in this example that look you cannot treat this nafs as a friend this nafs ammara bisu not a friend 
in fact it's such a severe enemy, such a serious enemy it's even more severe an enemy than shaitan itself once upon a time there was no shaitan, there was no iblis before iblis became iblis there was no iblis he was known as Azazil he was living among the malaika he was in a part of the group of angels he wasn't an angel but living along the, alongside them being with them so from that level he became accursed forever how that happened what dropped him from there his nafs he also had a nafs that nafs made him iblis that nafs made him a shaitan of the worst level and after that it carried on that from time to time people's nafs made them into a kind of shaitan also that that same arrogance that level of arrogance that Iblis had obviously was at the very highest level of arrogance but just as that arrogance made him from being among the angels into Iblis a curse forever from time to time that same arrogance that nafs gets blown up with pride and arrogance and drops a person takes him far away from Allah Taala, makes him a kind of shaitan he starts becoming a problem for everybody else like shaitan now takes others towards evil and vice that becomes his situation so now this becomes the situation of this nafs so the very important factor that needs to be now taken note of is that what was the starting point of all where the nafs the, the evil of the nafs starts from it starts from this thought and the person who has learned how to control those thoughts how to channel them, he can't stop them that's not in his control it's not in his control to stop the thoughts that is involuntary but it is how he then channels them now thought came, thought of some vice, some sin and now this nafs is stirring it and shaitan is also whispering but now he immediately channels the thought differently that this heart Allah Ta'ala blessed me with this heart was supposed to be the place of the love of Allah Ta'ala the pure love of Allah Ta'ala and now in this heart can it be possible that we pour zamzam in the same container where there is some urine la hawla wa la illa billah where can that ever be possible that is beyond thinking beyond imagination that in a container in some way where there's urine there's filth and somebody in Auzubillah wants to go and pour zamzam in that it's beyond imagination but unfortunately that's what we try to do in our hearts that all the filth and dirt and muck must remain there we don't want to clean it out but at the same time we want to pour the muhabbat of Allah in it at the same time we want to pour the muhabbat of Nabi Sallallahu between how is these two things going to join? Without first cleansing the heart out, without removing all this filth and dirt and muck, how is this pure muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala going to enter that heart? How is this heart going to be able to receive that special grace? He has to start off with washing it. person wants to pour that glass, something in that glass, that zamzam in that glass, first he looks inside. Is there any dirt in it, any dust in it? Forget zamzam, even just plain water he won't pour plain water in the glass if there's some dust in it let alone zamzam 
So now before anything a person wants to drink in some utensil, he wants to eat out of some utensil, before anything first he wants to clean it out. But he wants the pure muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala in his heart, but he doesn't want to clean it out. doesn't want to start off with sincere tawbah, with istighfar, with begging Allah Ta'ala's mercy, begging his forgiveness, sincerely repenting and cutting off all the things that have messed the heart up. Because that's part of this toba. That a person distances himself. We are in a world of distancing. The most important distancing that is necessary is distancing ourselves from sin. وَلَا تَقْرَبُ الْفَوَاحِشَ مَا ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا وَمَا بَطَنَ Allah Ta'ala says, don't ever get close to any immorality, any vice. Whether it is apparent, whether it is hidden, don't get close to it. Remain very distant from it. That is the first distancing that we have to develop. And to the extent that we will distance ourselves from sin, we will become close to Allah Ta'ala. These two things can't work side by side. That we don't distance ourselves from sin, and at the same time want to become close to Allah Ta'ala. Those things don't happen. To the extent that a person distances himself from sin, to that extent he gets closer to Allah Ta'ala. So now this whole thing started off with a thought. The thought was the seed. But now where does the seed come from? What plants that seed? The thought was the seed which gave rise to the stem of desire. And that stem of desire then became that plant of determination. And that became that thorny tree of action. Which then set its roots in and became a habit. But now what planted the seed? Where did the seed come from? So the seed often comes from the environment. What a person exposes himself to. That's the environment. That environment can be in his hand. Can be the tablet. The worst time, sometimes that tablet can be the worst poison. The word tablet normally is associated with some relief. Some uh, kind of treatment and some relief. Pain relief or whatever. But sometimes that tablet can be the source of the worst disease. And that tablet can be the source of the worst pandemic also. So now that's the environment of a person. What he's looking at, what he's listening to, who he's associating with, what kind of environment he's in. Now that's the thought. A person who, for example, has never heard a vulgar word in his life. Never ever heard a vulgar word in his life. Now, as we just discussed, that action is merely a culmination of so many things that happened before it. So now speaking is also an action. person spoke something. He spoke something, that's an action. Where it stemmed from, it started off from a thought. That I should say this. Then that built up in him. Sometimes it's very quick. And especially in speaking, it's so quick that between that desire, that thought and that speaking sometimes, there's like, even before the thought really sat in the heart, the fellow already spoke it to. But if there was something started off in the heart, now he spoke some vulgarity, he swore at somebody, it started off in the heart, there was a thought, I should do this, I should say this. And then now because that has happened so many times, on the same spur of the moment it just blurted out. We started off from what? From the thoughts. But now how the thoughts came there? Had he never ever heard a vulgar word in his life, he's just been kept 
in such a grown up in such a environment that there was never a word of that nature spoken can he ever think about such a word will it just come into his mind just like that he'll just out of the blue just settle in his mind he never ever heard about it and he'll speak some vulgarity not possible it's something that shaped his mind to think in that way what shaped his mind what he exposed himself to what he's been looking at what he's been listening to what kind of company he has been associating with now that he got exposed to things no person who for example never saw a cigarette in his life never saw a cigarette in his life now suddenly one morning he wakes up and he says to people around him that i'm feeling like smoking never saw saw a cigarette in his life the only smoke he saw was a fire outside if they also never saw a cigarette in their life they say i don't know what you're talking about you want to smoke meaning you want to go and jump in the fire so where that came from he saw people smoking he was probably in the company of people smoking and this carried on for a while now that started creating a thought in his mind that started creating some ideas now that started becoming a desire and then that desire grew and it became well no i should also do this the determination and then now somebody offered him he was already ready for it so from one thing to another so the kind of environment that a person keeps that is going to now in germinate those thoughts so just as this is all on the negative side the same applies on the opposite the person who keeps himself in that righteous company that righteous environment he is all the time exposing himself to righteousness reciting the quran sharif making the zikr of allah tbaraka wa taala and repeatedly the heart is being washed with the zikr of allah taala with istighfar so now gradually this starts taking root in the heart now when the zikr of allah taala the remembrance of allah taala has taken root now nafsan shaitan are going to continue with their evil but every time that happens <coughs> he is now able to refocus himself and easily turn that and move that thought with the remembrance of allah taala with muhasaba with taking an account of himself taking an account of himself that you are just so shamelessly sitting and cooking up all these thoughts don't you have any shame allah taala is watching allah taala is aware allah taala knows you are assuming that nobody knows but nobody knows maybe insan doesn't know allah taala doesn't know nauzu billah allah is all knowing now when will this happen this muhasaba on that spur of the moment when he has been regularly making that muhasaba regularly taking stock of himself there were some people in the pious predecessors every night they would ask for that notebook of theirs and during the day entire day they were from time to time writing writing what what thoughts crossed the mind what words came of the tongue what kind of actions they did now they sat down to make muhasaba a person at the end of the day now you have to see what's the figures now what's the sales for the day whether we made something or we lost what happened so now that muhasaba we make very very diligently but those who were concerned about the akhirat sayyidina umar ibn khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an this is his statement hasibu qabla an tuhasabu take a stock of yourself before that day when you will be taken to account and watazayyanu lil ardil akbar 
prepare yourself for that great appearance when you're going to be like a person has got a court appearance that appearance in the court of Allah Ta'ala a small cost of dunya but yet a person has got a small court appearance his, his sleep goes away what about the appearance in the court of Allah Ta'ala he says prepare yourself for that and that person will have an easy reckoning on the day of Qiyamah who kept on taking an account of himself in dunya the person who kept on taking an account of himself in dunya he is the one who will have an easy accountability and reckoning on the day of Qiyamah so now this issue comes down to this nafsi ammara bisu so this is what keeps inciting this insan taking him towards his evil and keeps trying to drop him into that vice and sin so the solution to that is he has to change his environment to righteousness fill that heart with the zikr of Allah ta'ala, with the consciousness of Allah ta'ala. this is the solution and the greater the effort on zikr is made and that heart becomes zakir that heart starts remembering Allah ta'ala. this is the tongue right now the tongue is zakir the tongue is remembering Allah ta'ala. but that too is required and when that is done diligently consistently and in the best way that one can gradually that starts settling into the heart initially the, the tongue will be saying something and the heart is somewhere else but gradually the heart will start taking the effect of the zikr of the tongue and then when the heart starts becoming conscious of Allah Ta'ala it will start then giving rise to all those good thoughts that will take a person forward now when he starts moving forward Allah Ta'ala then speaks about in the Quran Sharif La uqsimu biyawmil qiyama wa la uqsimu bin nafsin lawwama that this was the initial stage that this nafs was nafsi ammara bisu it was inciting towards evil but each time that he suppressed it and suppressed it and he chastised it because now each time that this nafs incited towards some evil so now sometimes he slipped up, he fell into something when he fell into something he didn't just let it be well now it happened now let it be now no no he didn't just let it be he then put the pressure on the nafs that you caused me to fall in this now you're going to taste the consequences so what pressure so now he'll cut out all his luxuries for a while maybe fast for three days maybe maybe give some amount of sadaqah that amount which will create some pinch on his heart now for somebody ten rand will also create a pinch and for somebody thousand rand will be like pocket money it will be like small change so now for every person is a different amount something that will create that pressure will cause that pinch on the heart now he's and then that's not enough then he will have to subject himself to that mujahada if a person for example has cast some haram glance he's committed zina of the eyes so now the heart got darkened with that zulmat of that sin so now he realized that this was wrong this became a he fell into this so now he made toba. he turned to Allah Ta'ala begged Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness he sincerely made toba that sin got forgiven but that's one part of it the sin got forgiven 
Like a person, for example, knocked into somebody's car. So that person said, okay, don't worry now. You knocked in my car, but now I'm forgiven now. He apologized to him. So he said, okay, that's a mistake now. Forgiven. So he forgave him. So now he's not going to have to be paying anything. No fine and no whatever else. But the dent is still there. Whatever damage happened, the damage is still there. So now he's still going to have to repair the damage. So likewise, the heart was in an accident. Person got caught up in some wrong. The heart was in an accident. The heart got engulfed in darkness. The lights went off. It went into load shedding. So now one is that he got forgiven because he made sincere toba. But what's going to bring the light on again? It's still in darkness. So now he's going to have to subject himself to that mujahada again. Where the next time that same situation came up and he suppressed that nafs and did not give in to it. Now he controlled his gaze and he accepted that mujahada on his heart. That now will bring the light on. And just depends what extent of mujahada, that amount of wattage will come on. Might be maybe two watts only. And maybe the second mujahada might make it 10 watts. And then the third mujahada might make it 20 watts. Depends how deep that mujahada was to bring that light on back into the heart. Now when that heart got lit up again, now he can see what's righteousness and be inclined towards it. Otherwise he's in darkness all round. So now he suppressed that and he then he made amends whatever happened. Now gradually over time that nafs becomes nafs al-lawwama. Allah Ta'ala, this has become such a great step forward that Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam upon it in the Quran Sharif. وَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِالنَّفْسِ lawama. The reproaching nafs. The reproaching nafs. First time round that nafs ammara some desire came and he just was going headlong into it. It was just taking him, dragging him. Even the thought that now I shouldn't do it, that thought is now just pushed aside and he's dragged. The nafs is dragging him. But now alhamdulillah with that constant mujahada that nafs itself now became nafs lawama. Now when that temptation came and now he even started thinking about it. Now that nafs started reproaching him. That you got no shame. What are you up to? On the one side you present yourself as such a pious person. You present yourself as somebody very upright. Very very uh, conscious. And now behind the scenes what are you doing? Now his nafs is reproaching him. That on the one side you are presenting yourself as the most loyal person to your wife. And behind her back now you want to cheat. What's wrong with you? Now what's, where is coming from? This voice is coming from the nafs itself. The nafs is reproaching him. Don't you realize you're a father? And now you want to behave yourself like this? Don't you realize you're already a grandfather? And you're carrying on in this manner? Now where this voice is coming from? From within him. But why? how this got developed? It all got developed after that repeated mujahada. That repeated suppressing of that nafs ammara. Over time, that itself became nafs lawama. It started reproaching him. Started now chastising him in a way. So now he, he obeys that voice. By refraining from that haram. He doesn't now defy that. First time round that voice within himself was dragging him. But he suppressed that. Now he's come to the point where that voice is reproaching him. So he obeys that reproach. 
and he stays away from that haram and he continues in that direction a time comes when this goes beyond that as well then he comes to that position where Allah tabarak wa ta'ala speaks about in the Quran Sharif Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatan mardiyya fadkhuli fi ibadi wadkhuli jannati the nafsa mutma'inna in that first level that vice and sin was actually tempting but mashallah he made mujahada and he rejected it that too was taqwa but nevertheless the challenge was there because that itself became tempting that itself was inviting him but as he progresses and it comes to the stage of nafsa mutma'inna then just as a person walking on the street sees some filth he feels nauseous if somebody else brings up now he is sitting in the far end of the room but he just makes somebody else in that room also feel nauseous feels very uncomfortable he wants to wake up and move away from there because of that feeling of discomfort what he saw is feeling so disgusted about it that filth that is lying there the same feeling comes in the heart of the person who has come to nafsa mutmainna when he is confronted with sin that that feeling of disgust when he was in the initial stage he felt tempted but provided he didn't give in to that he repelled that that too was taqwa and that too was a tremendous thing and that too he'll get tremendously rewarded that was each time he was despite the temptation he was burning up that desire in the furnace of taqwa that is lighting up his heart with nur but then comes the time when this carries on repeatedly over time this mujahada gets made that time comes when this becomes nafsa mutmainna and now when it becomes nafsa mutmainna the mere mention of that sin creates disgust once upon a time somebody spoke about zina nauzubillah he also started feeling some temptation but that time comes where one pious person walked out of his house and suddenly his gaze fell on somebody involved in some degree of zina he turned around and came back he suddenly was overcome with a fever and he came and laid down for a while then he felt the urge to go and relieve himself when he went to relieve himself it was only blood it had such an impact on him that it almost like melted his inside that now what he saw was just too much for him to handle it created such a shock such a disgust this is the effect of nafsa mutmainna but where it came from that mujahada that ongoing mujahada but now this mujahada is the whole issue that how does a person now get to that mujahada where does he get this ability get this strength get this courage this himmat so nothing in dunya also is achieved without mujahada now people we generally think about this mujahada in a very negative manner but now the struggle and strive and this effort and i don't want to now be caught up in all this hard work how to have it easy but for dunya we take all the hard work for dunya we undertake all the difficulties we undertake all the mental pressure we undertake the physical effort we put in the long hours we do everything for dunya for dunya then that mujahada we don't say now to have it easy i don't work go the shop off stop working have a easy life don't do anything doesn't matter if nothing comes also nobody thinks like that 
In fact, there's no end to it. Always just want to carry on with something further. So without mujahada, how are we going to get the everlasting bounties of Jannah? Without mujahada, how are we going to get the love of Allah wa ta'ala and the closeness to Allah ta'ala? But that courage for that mujahada, Allah ta'ala has spelt it in the Quran Sharif. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu attaqullah wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. But fear Allah ta'ala, where are you going to get the courage to acquire this taqwa? To do what it takes to acquire the taqwa? Be in the company of the righteous. Find righteous company. Seek out the pious servants of Allah Ta'ala. In every community Allah Ta'ala's pious servants are there. Seek out the pious servants of Allah Ta'ala. Be in their company. Read about, read their lives. Read their writings. And whatever way of associating with them. This is the prescription from where that himmat comes, that courage comes. That where a person found, once upon a time found it impossible. Wake up for Fajr Salah, very difficult, I can't do it. Almost impossible. Almost impossible, but when he got himself in the right environment, right company, he associated with the right people. In time, forget impossible, forget possible, it became enjoyable. It became impossible to not do it. To omit that Salah became impossible. But this required an effort. It required a person to sacrifice something. To give for Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala gives him. So he gave his time, he gave his effort, he gave some of his mental uh, energies by thinking, by pondering, contemplating. It was not just thinking dunya all the time, day and night dunya, and how to just keep increasing dunya, and how to keep enjoying the dunya, and where the next holiday, and where's the next resort that he's going to visit, and what next all the time, either how to make dunya or how to enjoy the dunya. In between that, well, it's salah time, just rush for salah and get it done with. Well, if somebody is making some tilawat, well, okay, I did something today for the fine enough. But when the heart and mind is also going to start getting involved in that effort to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. It's not just physical. It's not just verbal. That physical and verbal is all part of it. But primarily it's the heart and mind that's really going to now expedite this because all that started off with the thought and now when this heart is going to be constantly pushed into thinking positively pondering, contemplating about akhirat making muhasaba of oneself, what have I done for the day in terms of how to get closer to Allah Ta'ala or what have I done that has distanced me from Allah Ta'ala so now what I did to distance myself, what am I going to do about it let me make some istighfar, let me make toba. Let me beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, beg His help. Ya Allah, make tomorrow a better day for me. Allah, I want to stay away from all the sins and vices. Now and He'll make that muhasaba, keep pushing that heart in that direction, thinking in that manner. Gradually the heart will start turning in that direction. The heart will start thinking in that manner. The heart will stop being 24-7 that grinding mull of that heart. Only, only grinding dunya. No time to grind any deen. And now what gets grinded out of that, that's what feeds the heart then. So now it's only grinding dunya, the heart is getting fed with dunya only. All the leisures and pleasures of dunya, that's it. But now to start feeding it with thoughts of deen, thoughts of how to correct my life, how to remove the vices and sin, how to bring my eyes under control, how to start bringing my tongue under control, how to start doing what Allah Ta'ala is going to be pleased with. And how to save myself from everything Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. 
then inshallah gradually that heart will start taking in that direction. So this requires again that we keep ourselves in the right environment, we keep ourselves in the right company, make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala part and parcel of our life, till out of the Quran Sharif, dua, dedicated time for dua. When a person neglects dua, it is as if he is making some kind of claim. That I don't need Allah Ta'ala's help, I'll get it done myself. I'll become a good person on my own too. Na'uzu Billah. We are not able to do anything without Allah Ta'ala's help. وَلَا تُزَكُّوا أَنفُسَكُمْ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنِ اتَّقَى We cannot ever claim anything for ourselves. We are totally dependent on Allah Ta'ala's mercy. So therefore we need, this is part of the, the essence of ibadat. And this is the real part of abdiyat, a person's servitude. Being the true slave of Allah Ta'ala. That he has dedicated time for dua. To beg from Allah Ta'ala. So, dua, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, zikr, tasbihat, engaging in the efforts of deen, all this will inshallah feed this heart, and it will bring us closer to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, our dunya will get made, and most importantly our akhirat will get made, Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, give us a tawfiq, wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbillah. Make zikr for a few minutes, and then make dua inshallah. reported in the Hadith Sharif that the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah what this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation Allah Ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous actions and save him from sin this will become the means of this great honor so inshallah we should try to do this daily we will recite a few times now, but do this daily, a hundred times we recite, La ilaha illallah. Recite the Rushri. <coughs> La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 
We have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. Allah, we use these eyes to disobey you, Ya Allah. We use the ears to dis- dis- disobey you, Ya Allah. Our tongues have disobeyed you, Ya Allah. Our hands and feet have disobeyed you, Ya Allah. Our hearts have turned far away from you, Ya Allah. Allah, what terrible injustice we have committed, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, immerse our entire bodies in your remembrance, Ya Allah. Immerse our entire bodies in your obedience, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Allah, make our nafs nafs mutma'inna, Ya Allah. Make our nafs nafs mutma'inna, Ya Allah. Make our nafs nafs mutma'inna, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you protect us and save God, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who are sick of them, Shifai, Kamila, Ajila, Mustamirra, Daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, those on financial problems, remove with the afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tajib risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, those who are in debt, make their debts get paid out with ease and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those who have passed away, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Raise their stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, the time of our that take us with iman and kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Take us with la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, make our covers gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafahat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, give us jannatul for those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, all the work of deen taking place, accept it, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Make it a means of, Ya Allah, every khair and good, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, accept all those who are involved in all the efforts of deen, Ya Allah. All whatever is happening on the path of haq, Ya Allah, accept it out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah. Make it a means of every khair and barakat, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant all the needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove all the barriers and obstacles, Ya Allah. Spread the winds of hidayah, Ya Allah. Blow the winds of hidayah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove all the forces of evil and batil, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, enable the, Ya Allah, the efforts of haq to Ya Allah become dominant, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, make Islam and Iman dominant, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, spread the winds of hidayah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them, Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, fulfill all their jayas needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill all their pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove every difficulty and hardship, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, make us yours, Ya Allah. You become ours, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna anasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب